Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. Uh, we were off last week. Um, obviously, I was on the air Saturday on my AM radio show, but uh, in terms of my uh, weekday radio show, uh, last week we uh, took we had time off. Uh, a lot of things going on uh, in my career and personal life and things I had to take care of. It's a very, very busy time of the year for me uh, this holiday season. A lot, a lot of business going on. Um, but anyways, I am so happy uh, to be back with all of you. Um, you know, I love doing this show. I love shining my light. I love utilizing this platform and speaking my voice. Um, you know, it's, it's really an honor. Uh, as always, I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors and guests. You are all amazing. The Rory Sodder Show just keeps evolving and so much plans for the future. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And uh, lots of announcements coming up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I hope it was fun. I hope it went accordingly. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's the most wonderful time of year, everybody. Uh, I got the Christmas spirit going. I got the holiday spirit. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a wonderful and beautiful time to be alive. That's for sure. Uh, lots happened in the media. We got a lot, lot to talk about tonight. A lot of headlines to address and establish. Uh, big, big talking points. Um, and uh, many, many, many notable guests on tonight. And a lot of people joining our panel, which I'm very happy about. Um, I, I want to, um, I want to announce, um, you know, for the rest of the uh, schedule for this year, we will be doing just so everybody's aware. We will be doing three shows this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, as well as my AM radio show on Saturday. And next week as well, we'll be doing Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then that Saturday show. And then I will be off um, for a couple weeks uh, during the whole Christmas and, and New Year. So I'll be back on, uh, you know, beginning of January. Um, but for the next couple weeks, you got me full time, so don't worry. I'll just be having that two-week Christmas break uh, once it comes up. So uh, just wanted everybody to uh, be notified on that. Uh, I do want to welcome to the panel. Uh, very excited to have him with us. Uh, I believe he's back. We have uh, evangelist and activist Sam, Sam Tully and motivational speaker. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rory. How you doing? I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Thank you, my friend. I hope you did as well. We haven't talked to you in a few weeks. I Hope everything's going well. Yeah, I do. It's a lot to be thankful for, and especially in this crazy world we have. And it's and it's good to be thankful that we got a president that's standing up to the nonsense in Washington. So yeah, it's a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, great to have you here. A lot to get into tonight. Uh, glad you could join us. Me too. Me too. I also want to welcome to the show. Uh, we have. Homicide Detective and Retired Police Chief Michael Valsi. Michael, how are you? Good, Roy. Uh, enjoying the news cycle, as I'm sure you are. Uh, thanks for having me, and look forward to tonight's show. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Michael. Thank you. All righty, everybody. Uh, as always, um, I am going to just review some, you know, uh, certain headlines that were in the news this past weekend and 
as I always do, I'm going to start with the small stuff, and then we'll get into the big stuff. And anybody on the panel, uh, when I get to you, feel free to uh, give your opinions on all these talking points, uh, whatever you have a thought on. And we will be having many more people join the panel here uh, shortly, and, and a lot of guests coming on tonight, too. So big night uh, on the Rory Sodder Show. Um, here we go, though. So I want to start with, you know, th- this, is, this is really interesting. And, and you know, I, we didn't really do a recap on this because I wasn't uh, on the air last week. But uh, President Trump's trip to NATO, uh, really a big success, really uh, everything you could want in a trip. Uh, he addressed and established so many different policies, met with various world leaders, uh, new deals are in place. Uh, just work, work, work. I mean, the guy is there constantly, or wherever he goes, he's always busting his butt and um, focusing on us. Uh, we're his pride and joy. We're his priority. Uh, you know, we're the, we're the people that he's fighting for. And it, it's, it's absolutely uh, something that I've, ne- I've never seen. It, it's, it's incredible, incredible to watch that we have a world leader uh, that is giving so much back to us. I mean, look at all the power he's um, delivered back to us. Look at, look at what he's, you know, gone to bat for. I mean, look, look at everything he's put on the line. Look at, it's, just, it's remarkable. And here, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the best economy ever. I'm seeing trade deals like never seen before. I'm seeing, uh, you know, the stock market, unemployment, uh, foreign policy, uh, you know, think about this. I mean, getting out of the wars in the Middle East, uh, sitting down with Kim Jong-un and making peace. Who would have ever thought a world leader would be able to sit down with Kim Jong-un? And all these rest, rest of the people, too. I mean, now we're talking about peace with um, uh, Afghan and uh, all these different people, the Palestine. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Uh, Al-Qaeda, you know, and uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. The Taliban. There, there's going to be some, they want to talk some peace with the Taliban. I mean, but it's such a huge step in the right direction on all these different levels. I mean, look at China. We're about to win the trade war with them, and that, that'll go down as the, one of the biggest things in history. Nobody has that sort of uh, luxury as a world leader to, de- to defeat China. But Trump does, because Trump's special. He is a profound machine like we've never seen before. This guy is a robot. This guy is something out of a out of the Bible. I've never seen anything like it. I haven't. But just getting back to it. Anyway, he's at, at the NATO summit last week, meeting with everybody. He even stopped in England, met with the Queen, met with so many prominent, big, notable people. And then, you know, you, you have Trump, who's probably the most courteous, most friendliest guy on earth, and the most accommodating. Uh, and, you know, like, like he says, he'll work with anybody as long as they're reasonable. And he's always you know, any time I witness him uh, on screen with a leader, he's all, they're all, it's always pleasant. It always is. But, um, you know, what I didn't like, and I wanted to get to this, is people like Trudeau and people like these other world leaders who were caught on camera mocking him, making fun of him. And this, is, this all goes into the things I talk about with how phony and fake politicians are. They're, they're backstabbers. And, and Trump described Trudeau perfectly. He's a backstabber. I mean, yeah, he's a nice guy when, when, when he's around me, but uh, behind closed doors, he'll, he'll be your worst enemy and he'll talk bad about you. And these are other world leaders, too. I would say Macron does the same thing. I would say Boris, uh, whatever his name is, Bor- is it Boris? 
Boris Johnson, yeah, that guy. I would say Merkel does the same thing, and it's wrong. We, we don't, my point is we don't have people in the system around the world that are genuine and authentic like our president. We have all these people that are out for their own special interests, their own self-greed, and are doing all these uh, corrupt uh, deals behind closed doors. And it's not about being a human. It's not about sincerity for these people. It really isn't. These people look at everyone else, the voters, as peasants. It's true. You know, it's, it's, it's what we're dealing with. Um, and, you know, but this whole NATO thing, it was a beautiful summit, very well done. Uh, I love it. I, I really do what, what Trump's doing for this country. Um, but shame on these world leaders. You know, they want to act like his best friend, and then they want to, you know, go and bash him. It's, it's, it's disgusting. But it, it just perfectly defines politics. Um, okay, Here, here's something really disgusting, and I don't even know why this guy is relevant. I don't know how this guy got in power. I don't know how this guy is such a, uh, a high commodity right now. But Pope Francis, you know, I was born and raised Catholic. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would say nowadays I'm a, uh, you know, I, I go to church probably once a week. I, I don't go every single day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have my own, obviously, strong connection with God. But uh, getting into this whole Catholic thing, the Pope, I mean, he, this Pope's a cancer. He's nothing like the good Popes we've had in the past. I mean, look at quality, authentic, and genuine people like John Paul II. Uh, you know, and it's, look how that look how we've shifted and changed uh, in these in these last you know whatever years. I mean, it's it's gone from so real to radical. It's gone from so much professionalism and uh, proper tradition, proper traditions to radicalism, leftism, leftist, leftist ideology. I mean, look look at what they're doing. The Catholic ideology and the Pope never used to talk about politics. Now Pope Francis is part of the New World Order, and he's all involved with all these liberals. He's involved with all these radical groups. He's trying to talk about how gay marriage should be acceptable. He wants to talk about gay priests. He wants to let chicks with dicks in the bathrooms. He wants trannies to have all these special accommodations. He tries to condemn Chick-fil-A. Everything that is backwards and wrong he's doing. He's not representing the Catholic Church appropriately at all. There's nothing he's doing uh, that is fair or uh, traditional or following any signature values of what was brought up uh, in, in, in Catholicism. This guy is, is, you know what he's doing? He's ruining Catholicism. He's, he's making the rest of people laugh at us. This guy is a joke, and, and he's scary. This guy is not, you know, just somebody we can ignore. This guy has an agenda. He's got a freaking temper. This guy has things that he's doing that, you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. He's funding gay LGBT groups. He, he's doing that. What Pope have you, and I'm not, I'm not bashing on the gay community, but what Pope have you ever known in recent history that's donating to LGBTQ causes and donating to Planned Parenthood and these abortion activist, uh, you know, groups with these smelly feminists? I'm tired of it, man. I mean, he, he's setting the wrong example. He's making us look terrible. It needs to end. And this guy, uh, I don't know what, you know, his future looks like, you know, in that uh, situation in office. But, um, you know what, it's, it's, it's crazy. In the Vatican, uh, you know, he's covering up sex crimes, too, in the Vatican. And that's a big problem. You can't be covering up for these people. People have to face justice. Okay. Um, 
here, here's something. Here's something I want to kind of address and I think is, is good, especially with what's going on in our country right now. But uh, Arizona, my, my, my state, baby, where I live, the best state in the union. I love it. It's paradise. It's everything you could want. It's the wild, wild west. But let me get to, let me get to what I was about to say. The Pledge of Allegiance. We're seeing around various parts of the country certain radical districts, certain radical places want to ban the Pledge of Allegiance. They want to call it racist. They want to call it oppressive. They want to call it this hateful um, anthem. I mean, they, they, want to, they want to bash on it and try to, like I say, create that victim mentality. They, they want to have this talking point on their leftist agenda where they can say, oh, we've got something new that we can tell our voters. Yes, the Pledge of Allegiance, just like, you know, they want to say Winnie the Pooh's racist. They try to say that SpongeBob was racist. I mean, it, it really never ends. But getting back to this, the fact that they want to ban the Pledge of Allegiance anywhere is a disgrace to our country. It's sick. It takes away from our traditions. They're trying to erase Western civilization. They're trying to get rid of what this country w- was founded upon. I mean, come on. You're, do you realize if you don't acknowledge or stand for the Pledge of Allegiance in other countries, they might hang you. They might kill you in other countries if you don't respect their anthem. And, you know, we have all these entitled assholes, abusive individuals in this country who are so uh, Marxist and so socialist that they hate America. They want to say everything that's bad about America, but they don't, they don't go anywhere else. I mean, you have all these people that hate on the national anthem, and I keep saying, why the hell are you here? Why are you here? We don't want you. If you don't respect what, what the principles and traditions are of the USA, get out. But I think it should be required. But anyways, Arizona is doing a bill that will require every student to stand and participate in the Pledge of Allegiance. I love it. It has to be done. And I hope other, like I say, and, and here's another thing. I don't want to get too off topic. But remember what I said a couple of weeks ago on my show with the sanctuary uh, with the, oh God, the Second Amendment uh, sanctuary laws, where how certain uh, areas around the country were doing sanctuary Second Amendment uh, cities and, and, and counties. More people are taking uh, notes of that and, and following. And I started saying weeks ago, other people should do this right now with, with, with the Second Amendment sanctuary, because with, cause look at the war on guns. And look, I talked about it on my show, and now it's becoming this new trend. And now I'm saying on my show, the Pledge of Allegiance, everybody needs to take note. Put it in every single place, and it has to be mandatory. I mean, we can't be that sort of a banana republic and dysfunctional country where you're not saying the Pledge of Allegiance. You have to be thankful for who fought for this country with their blood, sweat, and tears. You know, our military, our founding fathers, you know, it's people are so ignorant these days. They're so ignorant, and they follow people like Bernie Sanders where they think they should have handouts and everything – put on a silver platter. Nobody wants to work for it anymore. Nobody wants to, you know, experience the American dream. It's really sad. Um, okay, here, here, here's something um, that's really disturbing, and we talk about this all the time on my show, uh, but tech censorship. Tech censorship is a really bad epidemic right now. Uh, it keeps evolving into this huge mess, and it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. Uh, we're seeing more and more uh, problems on a daily basis with reports and how certain people are being deplatformed 
And, you know, just because certain people don't agree with their ideology or certain people don't agree with what they stand for, they want to ruin their livelihood. They want to ruin, they want to shut them down. They want to go after their family. They want to go after, I mean, and that's what we've come to in society. Nobody can civilly, cordially disagree anymore. Everybody has to be at each other's throat. And this is how radicalized it's become. But anyway, uh, the Democrats, the DNC have written to Facebook wanting more censorship. Yes, the communist Democrats have written to Facebook and want more censorship. This is how it all, this is, how, this is, this is all part of their plan. They want to take third world communism and implement it into our society, into our civilization. And what does that entail? Taking guns, banning free speech, um, you know, everything that ruins a country they want to do. They want to put, they want to put you in jail for saying the wrong thing. They, 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 they want to do all this. I mean, look at the slavery reparations. Look at all the radical ideas that they put, put forth. But this whole free speech thing, this is a war. This is nothing we can take lightly. And they're serious. They want, they want nothing of – they don't want anybody getting the truth out there. If anybody says anything about them, they want them deplatformed. You have all these people exposing corruption and, and what the left is doing. And uh, it, 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 it's, we're living in a time where tech is, is more bigger than ever before. It's where people get all their information. It's where people's livelihood is. I mean, everybody reads their news on, on technology, on the Internet, on, 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 with technology. Everybody does transactions. Everybody does all these different things you can think of. Most people don't even need anything else these days except their smartphone. And that's how they do all their everyday life, their business, their leisure, their news, you name it. So think about the war on that. It's nothing to take lightly. Um, I do also want to, um, I want to, you know, mention this. And, it, and we, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time, but I'm just going to put it out there again. And we've come up with various numbers. But just on taxpayer funding alone for education for illegals, there was a new report out today. We spend $60 billion, with a B, a year on education for illegals. And anchor ba- illegal aliens, youth, and anchor babies. This is and this is what it's come to. And you know what? If we oppose it, if we try to fight it, if we try to question it, we're immediately called bigots. We're immediately called hateful. We're immediately called racist. We're immediately called every name in the book because we want people to follow laws. Think about that ideology. Think about that mindset. Think about those talking points, and what what things have come to. Think, think about how we're, we're dealing, uh, you know, with, with, with illegals walking into our country whenever they freely please, getting a handout, getting health insurance, getting welfare, mooching off of uh, hardworking. And I'm not saying all illegals that come in don't, you know, work or whatever, but uh, there's quite a few that just leech off the system. It, it has to stop. And look at all the loopholes. Look at all the buildup for all these years uh, of politicians that have you know, put corrupt uh, immigration policies in place, you, probably for their own spe- special interest, because nobody in their right mind would enable or prohibit uh, this sort of nonsense and invasion. I mean, come on. I mean, border crossings this year are at the all-time high. The caravans are hundreds and hundreds of thousands by the end of the year. It might even be in the early millions. So, I mean, it's, it's it's literally 
um, something that is going to take a while to fix. Trump is, you know, taking the initiative. He's he's putting everything into perspective. He's he knows this is something that uh, can't be ignored. So, you know, over time, we're just going to have to fix it. But uh, you know, I'm sick of these people that say, oh, they just want a better life. Let them in. Well, if you really think that, why don't you let them into your house? Why don't you take the lock off your door and let them into your house? Because you know what? Having an open border is no different than having your door unlocked all night while you're sleeping. Ridiculous. Um, okay, um, here's something I really want to address. And, you know, this is, this is something that not enough people talk about. Um, but chi- China, you know, their government, their newspapers now, their propaganda newspapers, and they've been doing this a long time, they're kind of like, like Iran, except not as crazy, not as hostile, not as radical, but in the sense that they hate the United States. Uh, these papers in China, uh, the main papers, that they, there's like two of them, and they're all they're communist papers, and everybody knows uh, what I'm talking about. But they came out with something today that they're, they want – they have the image. They have the idea, uh, and they, they are spewing to their supporters that the Trump White House should be burnt down. That, yeah, that, 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 that they painted comics. They, they, had, they had comics. They had pictures. They had a whole sections in their, in their articles how Trump is evil. And this is what communist China is trying to spew. Trump is evil. The White House needs to be burned down. This is what these people are, are saying. All because you have people in the streets trying to fight for democracy, and you have Trump who signed that bill to help the people of Hong Kong, and the government of China is not taking it very well. They're taking it as a betrayal. But too damn bad. Human rights have to change. You know, we can't be the world police. I, I get that. But, you know, you, we can influence. We can, we can shine light. And people like Trump have, you know, have, have done a damn good job of that. You know, Trump has uh, made all these world leaders, you know, uh, pay their fair share, treat their people better, you know, be more cordial when you're trying to negotiate. You're not going to get away with, you know, making demands, you know, because there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new president. You know, this isn't Obama, white mama, Obama, Osama. But, uh, you know, you know what I mean? It, you know, this is, this is something that um, uh, is, is something that we need to really um, keep an eye on. Because these people in China, you know, they're, they're not being treated nice. And then their government reacts negatively when we try to stick up for them. It's, it, you know, thing, things, things are changing. You know, slowly but surely, that's for sure. Um, here's good news. CNN has now hit a ratings three-year low. CNN, a three-year low in ratings. If that is in any indication or a wake-up call, I mean, there you go. I mean, look, look, at, look at that. Three-year low. You have a three-year low with the ratings. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, if, if they weren't in airports, they, w- they would no longer be in business. And I've said this on my show a long time. The only reason CNN is so powerful, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons, is because they have the airport contract, where whenever you're in an airport, you'll see CNN on the air. You'll see it. I mean, it, it's, it's there. It's, it's always on the TVs. And it, now it makes sense how they, how they still you know, stay in business. Um, UNC, University of North Carolina, uh, just announced today. And don't forget, University of North Carolina is one of those radical colleges where they have classes on Islam. They have classes on all these crazy uh, – got tranny enabling transgenders. 
so like as far left as you can get with 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 some of the stuff but anyways they and they were really big on the slavery reparations um but they've announced that they are paying 2.5 million dollars to remove a confederate statue from campus yes you heard that right they're paying 2.5 million dollars to remove a confederate statue you know what And, and they've got it all wrong with saying that these these people are hateful i mean these confederate statues have been there forever why all of a sudden are you finding offense to it why all of a sudden are you making a big deal out of it why all of a sudden are you are you boycotting because you want something to be offended about we've we've built this culture with the left where they've created these entitled animals that think they should get a partition participation trophy with everything and they they can stomp their feet and and make make any sort of demand they want and, and they're going to get rewarded this is what the left has created. Nobody gets held to account anymore. Nobody is – there's no accountability. Um, it's, it's, a, it's – you know, this is, this is what the Bernie Sanders voters have turned into. And think about $2.5 million. Think about how much use that could be put in at these universities for different things. But they want to use it on taking down a statue that's been there for many, many years. And it all goes into this PC culture. It all goes into all these social justice warrior groups that have evolved and have came out of the woodwork in the last couple of years. They've really created a hostile and dangerous um, and annoying environment. They've disrupted universities at every single turn. You have all these professors that are spewing their, their ideologies on, on students. And it's indoctrination. It's sick, sick, sick stuff. All right, um, a few more things, and then we're then we're ready. Then we're ready. Um, everybody knows who Jim Cramer is, CNNBC. Uh, he was on the other day, and he's saying these are the best job numbers of our lives. And he's telling everybody whether you hate Trump or you love Trump, you got to acknowledge what's really going on. Jim Cramer's been doing this as long as many people have been alive, uh, and he says that this is the best numbers he's ever seen. And everybody knows Jim Cramer's not very political. He just talks about the economy. He talks about numbers. He says things the way they are. He's there to report. He's not there to do fake news. So, um, and, you know, he's on CNNBC. I mean, you know, he's involved with the NBC family. So, you know what, it's, there's no one that could question him or, or any sort of buy. I mean, this guy this guy's the real deal. I've been watching him for many, many, many years. Um, here's, something, here's something that's insane. Uh, Pocahontas. And you won't hear the media talking about this, but imagine if it was Trump or imagine if it was a Republican. But Pocahontas this last week was confronted by a supporter at a town hall, and she admits that she's sorry and was wrong for admitting that she was Native American heritage. Yes, yes, yes. It came out of the horse's mouth. She admit all along she was lying on her transcript. She admitted she was lying with her campaign. And guess what? The media is not covering it. They don't care. They don't care because, like I said, the Democratic Party is the party of no accountability. And the Democrats always have the media on their side. Like I said, 97% of the media is controlled by the Democrats. You have that 3% that gives the Republicans the favor. But imagine if this was a Republican that was caught in this big lie. But since it's a woman, a feminist, and a liberal, Pocahontas, she gets a slide, everybody. Biggest double standard on earth. Um, here's something big, and this goes into what I said about the China stuff earlier. Uh, you know, our imports from China 
um, fell again in October, um, it, you know, after new tariffs. So we're it's big right now. I mean, we're we made I think like fifty billion uh, just in the last couple of months on uh, trade with China, and we're you know lowering the the uh, the trade gap. So this is big. I mean, this has never been done by any president before taking on China. So something to really be uh, amazed by. Uh, here's some, and we're gonna get to the panel here. Uh, I just want to finish these last couple things. But almost half of conservatives in a new poll claim their professors rant against Donald Trump. Goes into what I said earlier, and this is nothing new. I've talked about this on my show many times. Professors at these colleges, over 50% are liberal. They're Marxist. They're communist. They're spreading third world ideology. And, you know, I've always said, why don't these professors work for free? If they believe in socialism and sharing the wealth and giving everybody – you know, hardworking taxpayer dollars that they don't, that others don't earn. Yet, please enlighten us how, how that is productive and how that's educational. And, you know, I, I can't fathom how parents can still accept this indoctrination. You have to send your kids to very private and expensive schools, and you have to hear what the damn professor's opinion is. We don't give a shit about your opinion. We don't want to hear about it. You're at the university to learn. You're not there to talk about politics. You're not there to be brainwashed. You're there to be educated. And it's gone so downhill, and you see everything that's going on at college campuses, and it doesn't end. It does not end. Um, here's something that really goes into this whole P PC culture and what I talk about all, all the time on my show uh, with, you know, pushing their agenda, the Democrats, slowly but surely. They like to push – you know, they like to push it not all at once, but they, they like inch by inch. So they have the hundred different genders. They have the gay marriage. They have the tranny story hour. They have the chicks with dicks in the, in the bathrooms. And now they're on to more and more stuff. So Hallmark Channel, the Hallmark Channel, the family channel wants to have more LGBTQ movies. They want to embrace the gay community. They want to go, and I'm not, again, I'm not hating on the gay community, but, you know, we live in an age where all of a sudden people think they need to do something all of a sudden, you know, because with the culture we live in. And Hallmark Channel is not known for LGBTQ. I mean, if you know what the Hallmark Channel is, it's a very family channel and, you know, Christianity and stuff like that. And, and I think, you know, stuff like this sends the wrong message. It goes into what I said about Sports Illustrated putting a transgender on their magazine. Then you got Playboy, first transgender model i mean it, it you know it, it's like they, they they keep doing this and then you had everlast a big boxing company who put a tranny boxer on the front of their on their thing so it it, it keeps happening it's an epidemic it's not necessary it, it it really pisses people off if you ask me i would say more people are turned off by this because a lot of people have the response of why why now why do we have to just because just just because you don't want to offend people I mean, that, that, that's really what we've come to. Um, last thing before we get to the main headline, and then we're, we're going to get into the impeachment stuff, but uh, this whole Pensacola shooting over the weekend, uh, you know, these, this naval station, uh, this, this is a war on our country. Uh, this is Saudi Arabia, uh, and this all goes into, you know, 9-11. We never held Saudi Arabia accountable. They were one of the main players involved, you know, and we totally – you know, deflected from that and ignored their part in it. I, I know why. I mean, is it, is it really a secret? Saudi Arabia has so much financial influence over 
<laughs> over everyone. I mean, look at all the money they have. Look at all the power they have. Look at all the rules they've been making for the longest time. And they had this guy who was from their, their country, and they, they're now even saying this is a terrorist attack. And this guy, you know, orchestrated this. This guy planned this. This was set up. This was not a last-minute thing. This was put in place. Uh, I, I really I – don't, I don't want to say, uh, you know, this was a, uh, a government attack on the Saudi, Saudi Arabia. I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I would not rule it out, especially with the things they've done in the past. And I know there's good, there's good leaders in Saudi Arabia, but there's also an extremely corrupt government, extremely corrupt. And, and, and think about this. You had this guy who, you know, and these, these gun, these gun situations. I mean, this guy bought his gun legally. Uh, there's nothing, no gun laws you could have done to prevent this attack. But, of course, the Democrats try to make it a political agenda. They try to make it a political thing. And guess what? They say we need gun control. How does gun control fix somebody buying a gun legally? You're not going to – there's nothing that would have prevented it. I mean, and, and guess what their sheep do? Guess what the Democrats, the, the voters do on the left before even looking at any of the facts? Oh, yeah, we need gun control. These politicians are right. People have too much confidence in politicians. They do. Way too much confidence. And this, this whole attack from Saudi Arabia, I, I don't want the damn uh, leaders of our country to just put it to the side. You need to hold them accountable. They've been getting away with a lot. I'm not saying that they haven't done some good stuff, but they're, you know what? They're, they're, not, they're, they're not angels. They are not. All right. Uh, let's get into this whole impeachment thing. God, guys, this, this whole impeachment thing is a circus. Um, it, it's insane. I, you know what? No legitimate evidence, no sufficient cause, all hearsay, all fictional tabloids, all, you know – no merit, no, the star witnesses, you know, have nothing, uh, you know, it's, it's all bias, one-dimensional uh, ideology from these people. You, you have many people that, including one of the star witnesses, one, one guy said he was too busy drinking wine, and he was supposed to be the star witness. This guy was drinking wine while Trump was on the call. Uh, others, uh, you know, and let me let me let me let me be very clear. The only legitimate testimony that had some sort of merit and went some sort of distance was what Sodlin said. How and this is all that that could carry any weight. Sodlin asked Trump directly, "What do you want?" Trump said, "I want nothing. No quid pro quo." The case should be closed. Zelensky said again and again and again, the call was perfect. You have all these people, um, most people that have testified that Trump should be impeached are these professors. Most of them are against Trump, and it's, you know, it, it's not fair at all. But you have people like Turley, who, you know, believes in the Constitution, who has integrity, and says this is the wrong message. We should never impeach somebody over a partisan disagreement. And, you know, we have all these various people that have said no bribery, no quid pro quo, no uh, nothing that manipulates uh, the uh, the other government in Ukraine. You know this was this is all taken out of context, and this goes into what I've said all along. The only reason the Democrats are succeeding is because they have the media on their side. They have the media that will twist these narratives for them. And Adam Schiff, 
didn't even show up today. Adam Schiff got the call records wrong where he's trying to accuse Giuliani and other people. I mean, they, they don't have their shit straight. And don't forget, Adam Schiff plagiarized something that Trump and, and lied about something that Trump never said out of a false quote. And Adam Schiff didn't even show up today. So and and you have people trying to say that Adam Schiff is not relevant to testify. The Democrats are trying to say Adam Schiff should be protected, protected and not testify. Why? He's the main person that's in contact with the whistleblower. He needs to testify. This is ridiculous. I mean, this shouldn't even be up for discussion. And then don't forget about Nadler today. Didn't even properly, uh, you know, uh, introduce uh, the, 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 the supposed witnesses. They were supposed to, swore, you know, swore uh, under oath, and, and uh, Nadler didn't even, even do that. That was a big article today. I mean, th- th- there are so many things. And, and, and don't forget about this. You have George Charo's associates in this hearing testifying and on the council. You have people that worked in the Obama administration on the council. You have some of the most elite Harvard Law School professors on the council that hate Trump. It's totally sending the wrong message. And like I've said many times, the only reason they're impeaching him is because they can't beat him and they're threatened by him because he's giving power back to we the people and all the politicians' special interests are diminishing every single day. And the swamp is being drained, and it drives them crazy. And don't forget what happened to Bill Clinton after they tried to impeach him. Democrats won the House. Democrats got more popular. I, I just don't see the end game in this. I don't see where it's going. Uh, it's going to, you know, and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. At the same time, I would, though, if it passed in the, in the House, but at the same time, I wouldn't. But it will never pass in the Senate. It'll be, it'll be shut down in about two seconds. Uh, I do want to go to... Let's, let's start with uh, Dr. Hennon. Dr. Hennon, running for Congress in Ohio. Go ahead, my friend. Well, I tell you what, that, that's a lot there that you cover. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm going to hit on a few of these things. Number one, um, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance. That should be something that is ingrained in every single American. Uh, you know, when it is said, you say it with pride, you say it with your hand over your heart, and you respect the flag. And that, you know, that I don't care who you are, man, woman, child, that's what should be ingrained into, into us. Um, you know, you look at some of these other issues, you know, I, I, I keep thinking everything that you're talking about, number one, you know, I, you know I, I'm a former pastor, so the word of God is always in my heart. And it says, you know, talking about the end times, that people would rather believe a lie than the truth. And they call what was right wrong and what's wrong right. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing, you know, across the board in our country, we're seeing people that will just rather follow the wrong things, do the wrong things, say the wrong things. They don't care because they're all out for themselves. That is a socialist mindset. And you kind of hit on some socialist things, too. You know, why would anyone go after that? You know, talking about these, like, uh, professors, you know, why don't they uh, – um, you know, work for free. I think a lot of the problem is because they believe in an elite socialism where they'd be part of the elite and the rest of us would be serfs and slaves to them. So they're all in for that. You know, hey, if they can still make a big salary and everything else and everyone else just get, you know, pretty much nothing, uh, get the shaft, so to speak, you know, it's, uh, that, that's what they're looking at. It's, it's okay. Um, you look at the respect from these other nations' leaders towards our president, they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, you know, I think honestly, there's a lot of people around this world that owe our president 
a, a big uh, a debt of gratitude um, for number one. Look at him. He, he's the only one who's willing to stand up against China, and that helps our whole entire world, not just the United States. It helps everybody. China's taking advantage of everyone across, around this globe, and he's willing to stand up and fight for, for not just our nation. It's helping everyone else. So, you know, they owe him a debt of gratitude, not some, you know, uh, just uh, looking down on him, making fun of him, poking fun at him. Uh, That's for the birds. You know, never in my life have I seen that. Kind of angers me when people are making fun of my president. Um, You know, I'd I'd go to to war for him. Uh, And, you know, in 2020, we are. uh, We're we're going to battle, and we're going to take it to the the House, and we're going to flip this House. Because what the House is doing right now uh, is unbelievable. You know, the things that they are spewing. The things the Democrat Party is spewing and trying to cram down our throats through the media is unbelievable. And I know all about the media because even in in the Republican primary race that I'm in right now, there are things that the media will not cover from other opponents because you know they want the other opponent to win so they can keep Tim Ryan in office. Well, I'll tell you what, that's not happening. Uh, We're we're in it and we're in it to win. So you know, it's like we're, we're moving forward. We're just running over things, and we're just like just going going for it because we need to get in there and we need to back the president of the United States, Donald Trump, because he will be president in you know 2020 when that election is all said and done. He will win again. He's going to win big, and you know the whole nation is going to be just you know uh, once again safe you know from from these lunatics that we have. You, you, I mean, you look at Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I mean, who do the Democrats have? That could possibly win, and that's why you know Nadler said clear back in 2016 they couldn't wait for four years to get rid of Trump because they knew in four years they weren't going to get rid of him. He was just going to keep growing stronger, and I believe that's where we're at right now. They're doing everything possible to get rid of him, and this uh, you know Russian hoax part two is not going to work. Uh, you know they already know that they know it won't go through the Senate. They can do whatever they want in the House. It's not going to not going to hold water. It's actually going to make him stronger. It's going to make him win by more because it's going to anger the American people. Because even Democrats, at least in our, my district here in District 13 of Ohio, even Democrats are saying this is wrong. So I think it's time that you know, if there was ever a time that they need to wake up, they should probably wake up because they're killing themselves right now. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Very well said. Did you have any other thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm just. Uh, I'm just at awe every day. You know, it's like number one, we live in the greatest nation in the world in all time. Amen. And, and then I and I see you know people around this country, uh, mainly the Democrats. There are Republicans as well out there that have no sense of pride for a nation that's been so great and has given them so much. It just astonishes me, and I'm baffled by it. And you know, I I think you know we are in trouble because you know one thing that I hit on is education. We have lost the education of our children to the degree that they take pride in a nation that serves them well, and we've got to get back into that. For we're teaching patriotism. Patriotism is not a bad word. You know, being a nationalist is not a bad thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm patriotic, and I, my blood runs red, white, and blue. And I tell you what, it's going to until the day I die. And you know, that's what I'm going to be taking to Congress with me is the fact that I love this nation. And I would do anything in my power to protect this nation. And I know thousands upon thousands upon thousands across this nation feel the same way, and those are the ones that are showing up to vote. I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always, always well said. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go to uh, retired police chief Michael Valsi. Michael, I know you probably got a lot of thoughts. My friend, go ahead. Boy, well, you sure can cover a lot of stuff to start the show. Let me tell you. Um, I'll start out with the NATO trip. You know, I I agree. It was very successful, and Trump's just an outstanding businessman. No one's ever questioned that. And, and I think, you know, and you mentioned the New World Order, and I'm going to mention it a couple of times here, but, you know, Trudeau, he still believes that, right? They're still trying to carry out that agenda. And then he goes and mocks Trump, and then you have the textbook definition of karma. Because then he, Trump comes back and the jobs numbers come out. Ours are spectacular, and Canada's the bottom fell out. So you talk about what's successful and what's not. I think our president has showed the rest of the world, you know, we're not heading in that direction. And the thing about that is they waited a lot of years. This new world order plan is not something that was a, 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 a afterthought. I mean, it's been well thought out for many, many, many years, hundred, maybe a hundred years. And they needed the United States on board, and they thought they had it with Barack Obama and then hopefully Hillary Clinton. They thought they had that. So. The president has thrown a monkey wrench into everything, and you see it. You're going to see it with this pope, as you mentioned the pope. You know, he's, he's all in on the new world order. The thing about the Catholic religion, and you know I'm a Catholic and a member of the Knights of Columbus, et cetera, the people aren't going to, the Catholic people are not going to buy into this. As soon as he starts bringing this to the church, I think you'll see people flee in groves. They may not go to other churches, but you'll start to see home churches pop up. I really believe that. But I think this pope is probably going to be gone long before that. And then again, on the censorship, you know, it's getting worse. There's no doubt about it. But unfortunately, it's going to get uh, significantly uh, worse, more worse over time until we either see some indictments start to come down and the media, we get control of the media because the media is all part of the deep state. And we get past the 2020 election. I think things will start to ease up then. But I think for right now, uh, we could expect this thing to, to um, fester and uh, become more severe. Uh, with regards to, I'll just touch on Elizabeth Warren real quick, because I thought there was one interesting point there. And it's something that I think your, your listeners should remember. Yeah, she finally came out and admitted to all this stuff because she's a, she's a habitual liar. But she made one comment in there, which I think is notable, and that's the fact that she did not benefit from the fact that she went around claiming she was a, a minority Native, Native American. And that's an outright lie, and I think everybody knows that. She didn't get into Harvard based on her education, because she sure is heck not the brightest star in the sky. Uh, I, I think that's going to come back to haunt her. With regards to China, Lori, you know, we're winning this trade war. You mentioned on it, billions and billions of dollars every month we're making off of them. We're just getting money back that we gave them uh, wrongly to start with. Uh, they were part of the New World Order plan. They were hoping for the destruction of America, and it turns out it didn't work out to their benefit. Now the ball's in the president's park. He can hold out on this tariff thing as long as he wants. We're making money hand over fist. The other thing China doesn't like is that, you know, you hit on it too, we made them look bad in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. You know, the people side with the people of Hong Kong. Their people side with the people of Hong Kong. And, and they're, they're in a losing situation there. 
So I think as long as we're making that big money and, uh, and, and Trump has, has them put in their place, I think we're okay with China. And I, I think you're look for a deal. I think you're going to look for the China deal and probably the uh, Iran deal, probably in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I did want to touch on one thing, though, that you didn't really get into. I'll, I'll, I'll mention the impeachment real quick. Uh, you know, I think that when they first started this, I think they were just hoping to muddy the president up a little bit uh, going into the election. But when it did, when that failed, and they see the, the numbers, the popularity of impeachment is just not there. Uh, you know, they have their 20% radicals in the in the country that are always going to support that. But I think what's happened now is that um, everything they're accusing them of are things that we yeah. know they're guilty of. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and I think that's and a critical we're looking point. At, and we're looking we're looking at what how they're acting. And it's a, it's a lot of it's hurt feelings. Like they, they can't get over 2016, and we're seeing the attacks too. Like they 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 can't get facts across, so they start attacking us. Well, and I agree. I agree 100. percent But yeah, I think this whole whole thing has shifted now to where they're trying to accuse him. And I think there's a, a method to their madness. I think what they want to do is because knowing this IG report that came out today which is going to be followed yeah. up by the Durham report eventually and, and the, uh, I mean, yeah, the Durham report and then the Huber report and then whatever bar adds to the mix. They know that's all coming down the pipe. And I right. think they wanted just, again, to muddy the water in the eyes of the public to say, well, who's, who's not telling the truth here, right? Well, we've got the, the legal and the justice system on our side. So I, I think that's, uh, that's a big benefit there. With regards to that IG report, I do want to make a couple of uh, – you didn't touch on it, but I wanted to make a couple of points on that. Oh, yeah, I was, you know, was going yeah, to mention that. Yeah, go ahead, though. You know, with regards to that bogus steel dossier, it was no surprise that that's probably – you know, that was the whole thing. The bought and paid yeah, Horowitz the is definitely involved with the deep state. Once I saw Horowitz come out today with, you know, he's, he's trying to say that there was no bias, that, you know, they had they, – they, it was justified – you know, all this different stuff. I'm like, this guy, there's, he's so off. And then you see uh, well, Durham well, come out and saying, yo, we're going to do something about it. But go ahead, though. Sorry. Right. No, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm not sure I look at it quite that drastically. And the reason I say that is, is you have to understand he's an internal watchdog. Okay? Right. So you're right. So, so Durham came out and, and slammed him. Barr came out and slammed them. The president came out and slammed them, even though the, the report is pretty damning itself. When you look at some of the accusations in there, it talks about an FBI official higher than Peter Strzok, who uh, is involved in opening this uh, Operation Hurricane, uh, Crossfire Hurricane, which is all based on the phony steel dossier anyway. That has to be Andy McCabe or, or Jim Comey, and maybe both, right? Uh, and then, you know, like the, I wanted to mention this point, the FBI, you know, they, got, they were spying on four Trump officials. So, you know, we know there was four FISA warrants. You know, what you right. never hear in the media is, is the hop that's involved there. And the hop yeah. used to be four, and now the hop is three. So now right. I call you, and now I have three people that you call, and three people that they call, and three people that they call, so 
there's no telling how many hundreds, maybe thousands of people that actually were being surveilled under this whole scam, which led to the Russian hoax, and, and I'm sure using this uh, whole Ukraine thing was all a, a planned thing in advance, and it was something that was on their mind because it's something they were already doing, something they did, not something Trump did. So what yeah, I also wanted to mention just, about the Horde. I do want to mention real quick, though. I do want to mention real quick. It was just announced about 20 minutes ago, breaking news, that the Democrats will introduce articles of impeachment on Tuesday. So tomorrow, it's official. They're going through with it. These people are, are absolutely insane. They have nothing there except hearsay. Right. Oh, I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I mean, I think I, think I saw uh, something, something about that where there was uh, two articles of impeachment. The key is, can, do they have the votes in the House? I'm not quite sure they do. Uh, Pelosi's pretty good on delivering when she takes something for a vote. But you have those right. 31 Democrats in Trump districts that really have to consider the vote unless they're just ready to hang it up. The other thing I wanted to yeah. mention, Roy, and uh, my last point on this uh, Horowitz report, and the reason I may not be as down on him as some people are, is that you have to understand because he's an internal watchdog, he is required by law to meet with people that, especially people that are currently employed or people that were employed during the course of his investigation that may have since left. He has to notify them that they are mentioned in his report, okay? So if you're having a sit-down with those people and now you're hearing their side of the story, I could see how that may not be right, but I could see how that may have influenced his final decision in his report. The other concerning thing about the report I found you know, a little, little uneasy about was the fact that there was a lot of errors in it. I mean, there was just... Uh, there were some errors in the report that I, I think if you spent this much time and you got uh, 500 or 1,000 pages, you'd think make sure everything was correct, you know. With that, I think I've said enough, Roy, and uh, I'll be standing by listening. Yeah, and I was just going to mention, um, you know, we're, we're looking at what the Democrats did in the impeachment hearing. They're using fabricated videos to try to, you know, uh, take Trump down. I mean, they're they're using things that – uh, aren't even actual reality. I mean, I know you saw this. I mean, it's ridiculous what they're doing, it, and they're going to all these extreme levels. You know what I mean? Well, I, you know, I think there's so many of these people, and you know, especially in the House, and I'm sure there's some in the Senate yeah. as well that are involved. Yeah. And they know they're going to be exposed. They're, they're just pulling out all the stops at this point. But you know, you hit the nail yeah. on the head. You know. Uh, <laughs> Sala was uh, he 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 kind of spoke the truth. You know, he may not be a, a totally right. Trump supporter, but he, he at least said there was no quid pro quo. Uh, and then I thought thoroughly, I thought the Republicans made a genius move since they weren't going to be allowed any witnesses. They at least got a Democrat yeah. that they knew would get up there and speak truth to power. You know, and he certainly did. Right. And I think that really that really turned a lot of people off on the whole impeachment thing. I think that. Turley testimony in itself was worth its weight in gold. Um, Absolutely. So with that, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I don't see it going anywhere, but I can see the Senate maybe taking it on for a little while to force those senators running for president to be there every single day. 
They have to yeah, be there. They can't be out on the campaign trail, which means Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they, they, uh, Cory Booker, they got to be planted there. Right. So it's going to we'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure. Thank you, Michael Balsi. Always okay. a pleasure. Sure. Um, let's go to Sam Sam Tully. Go ahead, my friend. Hey, Roy. Yeah. Uh, where do I start? Well, as far as this impeachment thing, it was a foregone conclusion from day one. Uh, Nancy Pelosi had lost control of the caucus, and uh, Democrats have been screaming about impeachment before the inauguration. And, you know, you had the Mueller thing. They went two years on that and 30 or $40 million, and they just kept hammering and hammering and feeding uh, the, the public between them and their compliance stooges in the media, they had to do something. So if they back off now, then they're going to really look like a bunch of fools, which they already do. And also, they'll be stuck with trying to explain to their constituencies why they never did what they said they were going to do. But, you know, what, what troubles me is that we've allowed our educational system to get so bad and leftist that, you know, we, we don't teach civics. The students don't even understand the three branches of government, just like this proposed obstruction of, uh, of judgment of, of, uh, of Congress or whatever. The third branch of government stuff should go to the court, but we all know the Democrats are running this thing, ramming this thing through as fast as they can. I think Nancy wants to do it as fast as she can. So either, A, it'll pass, and then it'll go to the Senate, in which it'll get rejected, or B, they won't get enough votes, and it'll get, you know, stopped. But then she'll save her neck until 2020, because I think that's all what it's about with her. She knows full well that Trump will not be taken out of office. The economy is blazing away. I mean, it's the best economy in my lifetime. They're losing minority votes like the Dickens, and that's another problem. That's why... Uh, one of the reasons why they want to just keep these borders wide open, because many people that have been strangulated by the Democratic Party and this this mindset of keeping people uh, brain dead, you know, blacks and Hispanics, because the Democrats supposed to love us so much, and people are finding out. Well, wait a minute, we weren't getting any, we weren't even getting two percent GPA under Obama, and now the thing is blowing up under Trump, and everybody's making money. That brings in the third problem, that, which I believe that the gentleman running for Congress even alluded to. You have this class of people, and it's not just Democrats, but you have the half class, the rich folks, I mean the super rich that don't care about the smaller people, the people that are in power in Washington. As long as they can stay in power, they don't care about anybody else. And I've always told people, they don't worry about the money because money will follow power. And these people, if they can keep the, 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 the little people, as it were, uninformed and keep them dependent on government, then those people that are dependent will always look for those folks in power to take care of them. But once, once the individual, the people with the American mindset of the lift yourself up can see that, hey, I can take care of myself, I don't have to depend on any of these folks, then those people in power lose their power, and that is the one thing they cannot stand. They don't want to lose the power, and that brings us to the president. 
because here was a person that came into office not owing anyone. He wasn't owned by lobbyists. He wasn't owned by the party. He wasn't owned by the old Boys and Girls Club of Washington, D.C. Therefore, he's a threat to all of them. And once people start seeing how much of a threat this guy is, he will rock the whole boat. That's one reason why they have to get him out of there as fast as he can. And to their own delusionment, <laughs> he's been successful in spite of them. And people with any sense can realize this and they say, hey. And it's like I tell a lot of people that say that Trump's a racist. I say, well, you know what? If he's a racist, keep it up because he's doing a great job for me. He's doing a great job for all kinds of folks that suppose uh, that he's supposed to be working against. People are making more money than they've been making. So people will understand this is all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. You know, they're starting to see exactly what's going on with this thing. I want to touch on this transgender uh, nonsense. <laughs> you know, I was just I was just scrolling through Disney and their new streaming series. It's going to have a about a twelve. Oh yeah, I year saw that. I saw that. Yeah, they're what they're they're doing. They're, yeah, so weird. And I, I've been telling people for years that D- Disney isn't what Disney purports to be. That, that they, these folks, I mean, you know. They gave it up a, a long time before Chick-fil-A and, and anybody else did. And, and, and these people, you know, they, they, they give you this candy-coated poison, and, and what, what, what many folks don't seem to understand or they're not paying attention to. Older people, all these folks, the Disney, the entertainment, uh, they don't care nothing about us. It's the children. It's just like when Hitler said, He's not worried about the old folks. He got the children. So, you know, the fact that our school system is down the toilet, there's leftist socialist indoctrination in the school system, and all these folks want to prevent parents from having vouchers to have control over their own kids. Our kids are being fed a constant uh, meal of of debauchery and evil, and, and everything is ungodly. I mean, it's just like, you know, uh, you know, in Isaiah 5 and 20, where it's talking about those who call evil good and good evil, substitute light for darkness and darkness for light, we substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. This is where we are. We are there right now in America. And unless yeah. people wake up and, and what I call senos, which I mean Christian in name only, get up off their butt and get off that picket fence because they should be feeling uh, their rectum kind of sore by now and get on the right side of that joker and take a stand, uh, you can just watch it all crumble down. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Uh, very, very well said, uh, right on point. Um, no, I agree with you 100% on, on everything. And, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a crazy time we're living in. That's for damn sure. Uh, Sam, Sam Tully, always a pleasure. Thank you. No problem. Uh, everybody, stay with us. We'll be right back. Uh, we have uh, a lot of big guests coming on. We'll be having Professor uh, Nargua. Professor Nargua is coming on. Uh, we also have Amy Fan coming on. We have, um, I believe we have coming on as well, Aaron Pettigrew, and um, many, many more. Stay with us. This is the Rory Sauter Show. It's a beautiful night. Uh, God bless. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. 
with new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Fridays, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries, on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful Monday night. I hope everybody is doing well wherever you are listening. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now. We have best-selling author and activist, Professor, uh, make sure I pronounce it right, not, is it, how do you pronounce it, just so I know? Hello, Rory. Uh, you pronounce it Ngarua. Okay, perfect. Now I know. Thank you so much. Great to have you here. Your first time on the show um, very excited to talk to you. For people that don't know, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm a professor at uh, a college, a local college here in New Jersey, and I also own a research farm, which is currently focused on doing research on uh, the central role of culture in trade human organization, and human relations. Wow. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. So you're a professor. So so tell us, you know, obviously you experience a lot of the, the – you see a lot of what goes on at the universities and stuff. What's what's the environment like for you, like when, when you're witnessing this, you know, just the free speech stuff and, you know, the liberal ideology and all that stuff? Yes. The environment has become very difficult for free thinkers. Uh, yeah. What you have today in a lot of colleges 
uh, here in the U.S. is um, right. the need to conform to a certain narrative. And that makes it very difficult if you want to choose a different direction. And in my case, I've chosen a different direction. So I see the difficulty in the way that I'm treated, in the way that people um, appreciate my ideas or don't. And uh, that has made the college environment very different from its original role, which was to teach people how to think independently. And, and, and for people that don't know, um, what, what, uh, what classes do you teach and what, what are you currently, you know, trying to explain to the youth? Uh, I teach economics uh, in uh, the business school. And essentially, I'm trying to break it down so that a lot of this stuff is presented in very complex ways. So I try to explain it in very simple ways that uh, economics is just trade. All it is is a transaction between two individuals. And once you start understanding that, it allows you to understand the greater scope of why we do it and why culture is so important in determining why people are valuing certain things today vis-a-vis -vis others. And the fact that um, today we have what we generally call the globalist elite leading this agenda to uh, get people to think in a certain way and to adopt certain cultures so that it can benefit them has really impacted the way people think and understand economics. And they've tried to make it look all complicated and uh, difficult to understand, but there's really nothing complicated about it. But uh, right. with a lot of the media, colleges, businesses now pretty much uh, owned or controlled by the globalist elite, it is very difficult to find a different opinion. And most of the students they are very interested. They will usually you'll see their reaction when they hear what I'm talking about. They're very interested yeah. in the different perspective, but many of them are going to end up working within these institutions that are owned uh, by the globalist elite, and they'll be expected to conform, just like what is going on in their colleges right now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and how, do you, how do you interact with these socialists professors that are trying to indoctrinate students with this BS. I mean, how, how do you interact with these, these, these people? I mean, are, it's, it's just, it, it must be odd, right? Um, there is uh, basically a lot of conflict because, you see, they have to, being that it's a, they are college professors, they have to pretend that um, anybody's opinion and anybody's uh, thought patterns are acceptable or are okay. But you can see that in reality, uh, they don't take you seriously and they're always trying to tell you, well, um, you can see everybody else really doesn't agree with you. So uh, we suggest you change your way of thinking. And you'll see it impacting you in other ways, uh, including uh, whether you will get to get promotions in those uh, places or whether you get certain positions because they know that certain places 
have to have that way of thinking, and they do not want you there because you're disrupting the narrative. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, you you wrote you wrote a new book uh, called "The Culture Wars: Globalists versus Nationalists." Tell everybody about that because it's you know it's very interesting. You know, you really put everything into perspective. You shine light on a lot of issues. Uh, yeah, tell everyone. Thank you. Um, the book is really about um, the current political debate that is going on in this country. And yeah. um, it has boiled down to, in broad terms, a fight between the globalists and uh, the nationalists. And the president has made this quite clear. And he does this regularly at meetings within the UN and in other forums. And it is quite, it is, it's a good thing that is focused on this because this is really the central issue. Uh, what you have here are a group of people. And when I talk about, I want to differentiate, there's a globalist elite that are influencers. These are people that mostly are extremely, extremely rich and have a lot of influence. But then you've got the globalist elite mindset. And this is just everybody else that basically follows these people because they believe that uh, these people are right or that their interests are very much intertwined uh, in the direction of these people. Basically, if you don't go along with them, you're going to have a problem. And that's the case with a lot of people. So the globalist argument is that um, you have to take certain ways of thinking, what I call package thought, and accept them as your own, which basically eradicates any uh, possibility of you thinking for yourself. And it is very much discouraged uh, in the different forums where you're going to be with other globalist elites or globalist elite uh, thinkers. So it ends up being very similar to what has been there in socialist and communist countries for years. It's no different. Um, and that is what is basically happening now on the globalist side of the debate. Uh, those people are not allowed to think independently, and they are required to conform. Now, on the nationalist side, you see a lot more uh, emphasis on free thinking, uh, rights that are enshrined in the U.S. Constitution, and uh, the right of a nation to actually ensure that its citizens have priority on their own land. And this is totally unacceptable to the globalists. So this debate, uh, where we are right now, we have basically two viewpoints that are clashing. And in my book, I talk about why it is so important for the globalists globalist to achieve this, or especially the, the globalist elite influencers, to achieve this vision. Uh, it is all about their making of money. If they can achieve this vision, and they have achieved it in many other parts of the world, they make more money. If they cannot, they don't. Now, the rest of the followers 
are just basically followers. That's what it is, and they feel that the system is going to work for them. But I have a feeling that they'll be surprised when it doesn't. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, and, and, and it's a real problem right now. Globalism, you know, and it's been a problem for a while, you know, and we're seeing how globalism is being exposed uh, for, for what it really is. Um, yes. tell, tell everybody where they, where they can get this book and all that stuff, where they can connect with you, all that stuff. Sure. Uh, they can get the book on Amazon. And there are actually two books. There's The Culture Wars, Globalists versus Nationalists, and another book about uh, the employment situation, which is called The Employment Illusion, uh, which talks about uh, the changing landscape of employment. So the two books give you a perspective of what's going on because the economy is changing, but also the fight that is going on between the globalists and the nationalists has a lot of implications yeah. on the employment situation, which is what impacts people directly. And how that pans out is very much dependent on who wins uh, this debate. So right. uh, the two books on Amazon, and they're very informative on this topic. And uh, you can also uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, where I usually post a lot of information about what is going on in this debate and how it affects you in terms of your politics, uh, in terms of your employment, uh, in terms of your human relations, and in terms of uh, the different institutions, whether it's government uh, or others that you interact with on an everyday basis. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. We'll, we'll definitely get you back here soon. I do get a run. I got to go to commercial, but thank you for being with us, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Rory. I appreciate it. Absolutely. God bless. We'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. This is the Rory Sauter Show. We'll be right back with Amy Fan, and we'll also be having with us uh, Aaron Pettigrew, and we have other people. So, Stay with us. Big night tonight. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation, and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. 
We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night, everybody. I do want to welcome to the show, I believe she's with us, we have U.S. congressional candidate from California, Amy Fan. How are you? Amy Fan West. Hi, Amy Fan West, how are you? Yes, Amy Fan West. I'm doing good. How are you? And thank you for allowing I'm me doing to be very on well. the show. Absolutely. A real pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, your first time on. So for everybody that doesn't know, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Kind of give a bio, all that all that good good jazz. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Rory. So my, uh, my name is Amy Fan West. I'm running for Congress for the 47th District in California, which consists of Long Beach all the way down to Westminster, Lower Saigon. And uh, the port of Long Beach is vital. Uh, but basically, I am a refugee from Vietnam, a communist regime. We escaped when I was four years old on a fishing boat. And my dad wow. said uh, to God, <laughs> promise to God, God, if you're real, protect my family from Vietnam to America safe, and I'll worship you. So he hit us underneath the fishing boat, and in three days, we ran out of fresh water. And thank God the oil tanker, the German oil tanker out there, took us in, gave us food and water, and sent us over to Thailand refugee camp. And there at the refugee camp, I remember, um, you know, there there wasn't any beds, so we were all sleeping on the dirt ground. And, um, you know, the condition was very dire. Um, there wasn't enough water or food supply to give us uh, spoiled food uh, because the embassy, when they give the Thailand people to give us food, they pocket the money for themselves. So what happened is in Thailand, we seek asylum to come to America, and then they transfer us over to the Philippines. And in um, 
in two years, uh, thank God, by the grace of God, they uh, fly us, so flew us over to Huntington Beach, California, and surround us, our Christian community that share the gospel to us. And that's how we became uh, Christian, and that's how we got saved. But we're so appreciative of America right now, you know, of what it for us, the freedom, the freedom to be successful, the freedom to be American, the freedom to have a voice, not like a communist regime, uh, China or Vietnam, or right now, if you look at it, Hong Kong students are fighting for their independence, fighting for their freedom, democracy, and yet the, the, the irony is that the American college students, they're embracing socialism and communism, and it, it's so insane. It's just, it's just totally contradicting to to what the Hong Kong students are fighting for. And I don't think they understand what it means um, and what's going on. And I, I feel that's the downfall of America. And what I can say, too, is um, I think that the breakdown of education in 1962 when uh, uh, we took the Bible and prayer out of public schools, and then not only that, we give over our higher education to the Democrat Party, and then now look at the result, what we have now. You know, all the hippie professors are educating our students into socialism, Marxist, and, and yep. communism, and think that's okay. Exactly. And so right now we see the decline and the fall of education and our nation. We have to earnestly, we have to go out there, be bold, be courageous, and educate those college students. And this is one thing I can say. In 2016, it's going to be completely uh, different than 2020 election. In 2016, the people were actually fed up with the elite, the establishment, right? So they say they have the choice either a Bush or Hillary, right? Both of them would basically do the, be the same, and not much of a difference. Nothing will get done. Yeah. So therefore Global, they voted. Yeah, I used to say all the time. No, you're right. I used to say all the time, Bush and Hillary, there's no difference. I mean, they're all globalists. Exactly, exactly. So that's why, by the grace of God, they vote for Trump and hoping to uh, defile, basically, the establishment, and that's what happened. Now, in 2020, it's going to be a completely different ballgame at the 2020 election. So the people will be asking, what does America mean to them? What is being America? American? So people would decide, and you know what? I think they're going to push for socialism, especially to the young generation. Do you remember when, um, um, you know, what's his name? I just went blank. Um, the the last president, Obama, Obama. when Obama administration, yeah. yes, they he 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 sent out a text to all the college students saying, hey, remember to come out and vote on Tuesday, right? So they all did. They went out and vote, and then the next day they went back to their normal schooling. And so I feel like in 2020 they might do the same thing, uh, solicitate to the younger generation, the college students, say, hey, remember to go out and vote. And you know why they will vote for socialism? Because the the education system is totally rigged. When I go to college campuses and ask them, you know what, all the classes you're taking, some of the classes, does it not even pertain to your major? They all raise their hand. They say, yeah, exactly. And I go, exactly, it's rigged. Your Your education is rigged because they don't even care that you are going to be in debt. And the classes, they're going to waste your time and your money. 
And so now the push for socialism, free everything, free college tuition, sounds really good to those college students. So they will embrace that. But we have to remind them again that, you know, free everything doesn't help you to be responsible adults. And I know that you guys desire to be responsible adults, paying off your debt, you know, and targeting the um, the 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 ed- higher education. So in that way, they actually give you the classes that pertain to your major. And so yeah. I feel like we really have to target the younger generation in 2020 election, really educate them, uh, really inform them. And not only that, just the people, get everyone to go out and vote. Very well said. Absolutely. And, and you know, you brought up so many good points and, we're seeing, you know, all over the place, you know, the, the liberal leftist ideology, you know, there's many schools in California that experience it and everywhere in the United States. And I'm just seeing all these policies put in place by the left. You know, California used to be one of the most great. I mean, it still is a wonderful place to visit and hang out, but it's like it's gone so downhill because oh, of yeah. these politicians with bringing in illegals, you know, homelessness everywhere. Forest yeah. fires. Uh, I mean, it doesn't end. Banning plastic straws. I mean, it's one useless and radical uh, agenda, uh, you know, legislation pushed after the other. They just keep going and going. And none of it is, is you know, it's not constructive. It's not helping the state. What, what they're putting in policies that are taking the state backwards and exactly. it's not doing anything. It, I just don't know what the hell's up with California. And the sad part is, a lot of when California liberals put in laws, a lot of the other states around the country and cities they follow. They monkey see, monkey do. They get all. They get a lot of their exactly. examples from there. So it's exactly. just like, oh There's my a god, saying what... how do we fix it? Because <laughs> I want to get California back to the Reagan times. I want California exactly. to actually be a good economy again. Right. You know, we it's doable, but the thing is that it takes time. It takes time. And Amy, Amy, I'm seeing the middle class every single day in packs leaving California, and the governor doesn't seem to give a shit. Exactly. So this is the thing. You know, it didn't happen overnight. You know, the Democrat Party uh, lead, leading California after Reagan, like the last, what, 50 years, 45 years, right, of their leadership, yeah. slowly degrading. Yeah. They are, you know, taking over every aspect. But not only that, in 2000, uh, I believe, 18, when um, Jerry Brown signed into law for ballot right. harvesting. So now it's legal. It's legal to – do you know what ballot harvesting is, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is that uh, in the past, you know, in order for you to pick uh, uh, your absentee ballot, you mail it in or you have your family member drop it off at the, uh, the, the voting booth. Now the Democrat, since it's legal, the Democrat will come to your door, get your absentee ballot, and if you're not finished, they can say, hey, don't worry about it. I'll, we'll take care of it. And that's what happened, the cheating, and, you know, it's just insane right now. So that's why I feel like in the last 2018 election, uh, a lot of seats was flipped, and the last minute, the last, like, two days, you can see, like, the Republican are winning, but the last two days, they obviously lost because they count all the ballot, and... Um, and some of those ballots, you know, they get the homeless people to register to vote. They get the illegals, and then not only that, the deceased. 
So uh, that's how they won the election in 2020. So what we have to do this time around as Republican, we have to have a group of volunteers to be at the booth watching, counting those ballots. Like we have to have an army of patriots to do that on March 3rd, 2020 election, and then also November 3rd, 2020. Um, so I feel like they're they're going to continue to cheat, and not only that, they're pushing laws and regulation regarding education. You know, they're sexualizing our children as young as kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, right? And oh, yeah. um, and all of this insanity, like you were saying, you know, the homeless is on the rise. Not only I, you know, just to talk about my district, the port of Long Beach is vital. It's national security. It's the largest port in the Pacific Coast. And my representative, Lowenthal, a Democrat, under his leadership the last seven years, he allowed fentanyl to go through the port of Long Beach and opioids who are it's basically killing our American children and increasing the homeless population on the streets. And not only that, he's allowing sex trafficker to traffic uh, children from other countries in, and not only that, he's trafficking, they're trafficking our children, American children, out of the port. And that is unacceptable. Under my watch, we're not going to let that happen, and we need to change that. We need to protect our port. We're not going to sell it off. Lowenthal wants to sell off our port to the Chinese, the communist regime. We're not going to have that happen. That is, belongs to America. And we're going to protect our land, protect our port, protect our children. Absolutely. Very well said. And, Amy, what, what do you see as the three biggest problems in your area and the three biggest things you would fix on day one? You know, of course, I would make stricter law on uh, sex trafficking and uh, pedophilia. Yeah. And then also yeah. we need to fix the um, – the homeless problem, which actually, if you think about it, is the foster care. To start from there, we have right. to fix the foster care system. It's just the breakdown. You know, they, they see their parents overdose, and then they their, their parents die, and they're into foster care. And then the foster care system, they get raped, and then they're, they're leaving the foster care, and they're on the street. As young, I, I've been talking to the homeless population, the youngest one is 15 years old on the street. And that, yeah. that is just insane. It just blow my mind away, you know. It's just we need to stop the uh, opioids and also the fentanyl crisis that's coming through the port. Under my le- leadership, we're going to put stricter laws regarding that, and we have to make sure China is accountable. You know China is uh, the, the huge, uh, largest uh, uh, tr- uh, importer of fentanyl, right? So they even admitted it too as well. So we need to keep them accountable. And, um, uh, of course, I'll be working with Trump to get that uh, taken care of. But there's Amen. a lot I love it. I... to get done. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, there's, oh, there there's a lot. There yeah. There absolutely is. And I was going to ask you, you know, a big problem right now we're facing is voter fraud. And California is pretty much known for that. Um, you know, we yeah. saw Orange County flip. We saw Orange County flip, which isn't possible. Orange County is about as Republican as it gets. And I'm just seeing voter fraud in all these different areas uh, in California. And it really, that's something really needs to be fixed and addressed. There needs to be legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard because the super majority in the assembly floor and the Senate floor in California are the Democrats. And we're trying to yeah. get get them off, but it's hard because the problem is I noticed, did you notice actually if the churches 
will go out and vote and get involved, we can actually change the state of California. So right. this is my word to the church, to the body of Christ. This is a time that we have to stand up and make a difference. Our voice matters. Our vote matters. We have to vote conservative because you know what? If you are a Christian and you consider yourself a follower of Christ and you are a registered Democrat, just to let you know the Democrat Party does not represent you anymore, nor are they representing the biblical values. They are for late-term abortion, killing, murdering our babies. American babies, and that is against the will of God. So if we love God, we follow Christ, we need to reevaluate our party line. The Democrat Party does not represent our biblical value. We have to just leave it and break it like a a bad breakup with with your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's what we have to do. So as as a Christian, I encourage you to re-register Republican, conservative that values life from the womb to the tomb. And that we want lesser government, so you have the freedom to uh, do life, to to do business, and to uh, you know take care of your family without the government dictating what you have to do. So that's what I encourage you as as a Christian. You have to go re-register yourself Republican, and not only that, but go out and vote. 2020 is vital because the people will be either voting for socialism, communism, or freedom. And if, as a Christian, we do not rise up for such a time as this to leave a legacy and to fight right. for our freedom, we will lose it. Yeah. So we have to speak up. I, we have yeah. to get our butt up and go out and vote on March 3rd, 2020, if you are in California, and, of course, November 3rd. I love it. I love it, Amy. Absolutely. And, you know, I could talk to you all day. I do got to let you go, though. I want to get you back very soon. But please tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Yes, you can follow me on my uh, webpage, amyfanwestforcongress.com, or you can follow me on Facebook, uh, amyfanwestforcongress, or on Twitter and Instagram, at amyfanwest, fan spell as P-H-A-N. So, Amy Fan West, thank you so much, and please contact me, and please support my race. Um, you know, I will be your voice in D.C., and we need conservative voice to bring back common sense right now. So if you can support me by either volunteer, yeah. if you're in my district, or, or donate. Donate is so vital right now. I can use your help. I love it. Amen. Uh, God bless you. I'm rooting for you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much, Rory. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, I do want to welcome to – yeah, absolutely. I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have U.S. Senate candidate from Tennessee. We have Aaron Pettigrew. Aaron, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hello, Rory, and thank you for having me on. I'm blessed. How absolutely, about yourself? man. Uh, doing yes, very well. Great to have you here. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Your first time on the show. Uh, give a little bit of bio about uh, you know your your life and that stuff, and how you got to where you are. You're running for Senate. Big big thing, man. Yeah, well, I'm I'm kind of the unusual candidate. I like to kind of refer to myself as the unusual conservative. Um, I'm a truck driver. I'm not uh, formally educated, however, I you know beyond high school. However, I am self-educated. Um, let's see here. Uh, all in all, you know, starting to get here comes from a couple different things. Number one, to keep my mind active on the road, I, I tend to listen to a lot of news and a lot of talk radio. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that I, uh, you know, listening to everything over the, you know, uh, 
oh shoot, I started listening to Rush Limbaugh in high school. So, um, uh, you know, uh, just listening to how these people were and everything else, I just realized how stupid some of these educated people in Congress are. So I decided, you know, it was time to start doing something. And then when I uh, heard that one of my own senators, in fact, the one that's retiring now, uh, pushed for a gun control bill about seven years ago after one of the shootings, um, you know, I, I just got, you know, I got fed up with it, especially understanding the Second Amendment. That's kind of a big part of my family history and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I just got fed up with things and I started looking very seriously into running for office. Um, I went through and I started, uh, you know, studying the different positions, not just federally, but also locally and stuff like that. But I had to think about my own knowledge base. You know, uh, with the news that I do get on the road and everything. So I um, chose, uh, you know, eventually broke down and figured with my speaking style and everything that, um, you know, my best fit would be the U.S. Senate plus me having, uh, you know, Federalist and Republican, not not party, but Republican with a small r, uh, principles you know, standing up for things like the Tenth Amendment and stuff like that, that, that the U.S. Senate was my best fit. And so I buckled down and started studying to serve in the position. Okay, now I'll admit I'm not necessarily the best campaigner, partly because I still have to work for a living, uh, which makes it a little difficult because I can only reach out to people in various ways, like social media and stuff like that. But I also have some advantages because doing my job, I'm around the state in all various places, so I just introduce myself to people and talk, you know. But I also listen, and that's that's the biggest key right there, you know. So too many of these uh, politicians get up there and they have their own agenda, and even though I have mine, which is to defend the Constitution and honor that oath of office, I, you know, uh, the other thing that I'm doing is that I'm listening to the people that I'm supposed to serve if I get the job. So that's, you know, that's really all about me. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to reach out and trying to serve the best possible way, and, and according to the Constitution, the way a way, uh, uh, representative or a senator is supposed to. And and what what kind of what kind of reactions and what kind of support have you been getting in the area and what what have you been doing to get yourself out there like uh, what what's been going on? Okay, well, um, I, obviously I do have a website that's Aaron Pettigrew for Tennessee dot com. I uh, actually started that website uh, during the last election because I was on the uh, primary ballot with Marsha Blackburn last year, even though I originally launched against Bob Corker. Um, but uh, the other thing, I do a lot of social media, especially been creative lately with the memes and also uh, occasionally pictures of my responses on Twitter to liberal politicians and stuff like that. Um, and again, the other thing that I do is I give my own phone number out freely. Uh, so anybody who wants to interview me for the job and decide whether or not I'm worth their vote can talk to me directly. They don't have to talk through a staffer or somebody trained to suck up to them. My phone number is 615-869-8658, and I, and I give that out freely because I think you know, a person considering voting for me has every right to interview me for the job. I only ask that if you get the voicemail, please leave one so I don't confuse you for a robocall or something, and I can actually call you back. 
I love it. I love it. And and so l- let me ask you this. So what what do you What's what it? do you find is the Go ahead. I was listening. Oh, what do you see as the three biggest problems facing your state? What do you see as the three biggest things that you would fix on day one? Uh, one of the things that's a big problem that's going to take a lot of work and probably even a, maybe even a full term or two to do, and that's the dysfunctional D.C. itself. Uh, that's yeah. something I'd actually agree with last year's uh, Democratic candidate, uh, Phil Bredesen, about, although the reason why is not because of just parties not getting along. It's also because they're following party, you know, party uh, promotions and stuff like that, trying to do things for their party, whereas they should be focusing on doing things in the government according to the Constitution. If there was more Constitution and less, you know, uh, uh, being being dealt with in, in the federal government, uh, the donkey and the elephant wouldn't matter as much. Um that's going to, that's going to be you know a career time you know uh project obviously uh next i would say um has to do with uh actual constitutional infrastructure okay we've done some good things with our interstates and our interstate bridges but when it comes to uh things like us highways that are actually part of the constitution under post roads and bridges um you know a lot of them are falling apart especially those in the big cities and that leads me to some of my some of the third things. And, uh, talking about uh, some of the things that Amy was talking about just a little bit ago with crime and and uh, the opioids and various things like that. If we focus on some of that infrastructure in a, in a correct way and make it so it's actually useful for businesses to come back into these cities and back into places that are, that do struggle. Um, you know, we can actually uh, make things better for everybody. You know, we can actually uh, get that, uh, you know, these economic benefits to hit those hard-pressed zones that even with the opportunity zones they're still having trouble struggling with in, uh, you know, developing the economy in depressed uh, towns and in depressed uh, uh, city districts. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely I, – I am running a little low on time. I definitely want to get you back on here soon. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. All right. My website, again, is AaronPettigrewForTennessee.com. My name is spelled out A-A-R-O-N-P-E-T-T-I-G-R-E-W, and for Tennessee is spelled out as well. Um there's a link on my website for donating, and then also you can reach me on social media. I actually campaign from my own personal account so people can see that uh, my principles are mine, even when I wasn't running for office. On Facebook, it's Aaron.Pettigrew.3, and then, of course, I have a group on there, Aaron Pettigrew for Senate. Um, and on Twitter, it's at A-L, my middle name is Leo, that's why it's A-L, Pettigrew1, um, all one word, lowercase. And then on Instagram, you can also reach me, A-L, Pettigrew1. Um, and, and you can reach out to me anytime. I, like I said, I publish my phone number freely. I publish my email address freely. I actually use Yahoo for so I could uh, save it to the cloud and keep all my uh, emails nice. transparent for future use. And that's Pettigrew Campaign at Yahoo.com. 
And if you Perfect. contact me through any of those things, you're actually going to reach me, not just somebody that's, you know, telling you what they, they think you want to hear. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Well, God bless. I'm rooting for you, and we'll definitely get you back here soon. God bless, and thank you for your time, and thank your listeners for tuning in. Absolutely. Take care, man. Have a good night. You too. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us. we got popular activists. We have, uh, let's make sure, we have Sergi Kelly. Sergi, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, man. What's going on? What's uh, Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your first time on the show. What's going on? All right. Sounds good. So my name is Sergey. I'm a student at Michigan State University, where I'm the chairman of the College Republicans and also editor-in-chief of the Morning Watch, which we pursue and expose leftist bias here at the university. Uh, we've got stories that have gone national, but we usually put out, you know, uh, four to five just crazy examples of leftist bias a week. We do some videos and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're. I mean, I can imagine you probably see everything. I mean, we, we see all the madness that goes on college campuses, the Chick-fil-A protests, the, the, yep, the war yep. on free speech, the, the Islam enabling. I mean, it's everything that sends America backwards. Exactly, exactly, yes. And so tell us a little bit about this. I mean, the stuff you witness, I mean, I, I'm sure it's just appalling. Yeah, so we've had uh, – this year we've had over – we've had dozens of stories just this school year alone. Uh, we've had, you know, mandated diversity training classes, and we, we found the videos that these students would have to were, – were told to take, and the, they'd mandate them by punishing them with, you know, being not being able to do their grades, stuff like that. But, you know, in these videos, they were being told – Oh, you know, like white male privilege, you know, some of you are just better off than others and you should feel guilty. We had uh, white privilege boards on the university put in dorms so students could see, you know, do a checklist. There was actually checklists within this dorm saying, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're a white male, if you're, you know, if you're in this class system, you have more privilege. Several stories related to student government, they're crazy as always. Um, but, no, it's been crazy, and we're expecting it to get even worse with professors' rants and stuff like that as we get into 2020 because um, we know they're going to get triggered again for that election. Yeah, and isn't it, isn't it crazy? You know, I was, we were just, you just mentioned Christianity. You know, how everybody will take swings at Christianity, the most – one of the most – if not – probably the most functioning religion in society. It actually is because there's – more Christian yeah. than anyone. Oh, yeah. and, and, and here's the problem. They want to enable stuff like Islam. They want to say Islam's the religion of peace, but they want to say Christianity is filled with bigots. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it, makes, it makes no sense to me how, how these people get their, their uh, information. No, yeah, I, it's, it's crazy. And like, you just, we have, you know, they, they go around the university saying, hey, we need to be tolerant. We need to be open to this. We need to, you know, accept these people. But once you stand up and you're just like, hey, I'm a Christian or, hey, you know, I'm conservative for Trump. It's like, well, hold on. You know, you need to check yourself. You need to, you know, make sure you're not uh, being offensive. But it's weird because if you're anything anything other than a Christian or a white male or even a Trump supporter, it seems, then you can just say and do whatever you want. It's crazy. Double standard. 
Absolutely. And what, what kind of crazy social justice warrior programs are they putting on at Michigan State? Because I know at all these universities, they always have something going on. Yeah, no. So besides, you know, the mandate diversity training that talks about privilege, we have uh, mandated uh, like sex ed training, stuff like that. Right now, there um, there's a big, really big push on campus to make a multicultural building. And so, you know, yeah. they're having different forums. They're doing different community sit-ins. They're, you know, pestering the MSU president who is a lefty and he seems pretty on board with it too, which is unfortunate, but this big push because they already have a multicultural center on campus. It's, it's one of the, in one of the buildings, but they want their own building, a, a whole standalone building. It's probably be millions of dollars. And they're just trying to shove this down everyone's throats. Uh, you know, they're going around complaining about how there's, you know, no inclusivity. It's not diverse enough. You know, they need more. There's actually uh, all these different cultural and racial groups. Um, they put out all these demands actually just a few weeks ago, but it talked about, you know, we need more, you know, black and minority professors, you know, we need more training to realize our divert our privileges or whatnot. Obviously they're pushing this big multicultural <laughs> center building. And it's weird because, you know, this multicultural center building, these demands, these, you know, calls for increased diversity in faculty or whatnot. It all stems from there was like a few uh, bias incidents on campus where some were like, you know, probably legitimate that shouldn't happen. We should punish those people. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on of the they don't actually know if it happened or not. We had rumors of ice on campus that was never proven. Um, they just take one little seed of one little nugget of maybe of just fake news, partial, you know, just hearsay, and they explode. It's absolutely insane. And what are you doing on a, on a regular basis? You're, you're out there. I mean, what, what, like, what's your day-to-day look like? What it, like, are you just going around exposing all this stuff, making people see the light? Yeah. So myself, you know, running the conservative publication, the morning watch here, you know, I have, you know, I've got two phones on me. I've got, you know, I'm always trying to be ready. You know, if I need to pull it out, record, take pictures, do something, <laughs> always, you know, always have the notebook on me. Um, I, you know, we, we tell the contributors the same thing. It's like, you're not gonna, they're not going to announce to you that they're going to, you know, start being, you know, crazy leftists. They're going to, it's just going to come up and you got to be ready. So, you know, day-to-day basis, you know, checking the social media. Fortunately, a lot of these, uh, you know, Facebook and social media is very useful because you see your friends, leftist friends, or ones that you probably aren't your friends post all this stuff you can get tips out on lair you can you know check the public posting boards across the university um also what's really effective is you know getting on and we do this every i do it anytime i run to a new leftist group or leftist student um is you know you get on their email list you know you might i hate what they're producing but if i can get that on their email list you know i can see what they're going to put out so on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's always, you know, being ready to record, being ready to film, um, you know, being ready to take notes, looking out on public posting boards, like what's what's kind of coming up, you know, being ready yeah. to answer the phone. Because we really, you know, some days it's just, you, you just feel like, you just think you're going to have a regular day and then a story starts going, you got to jump to a few events, you got to call. I mean, it's a lot of work sometimes, but getting that out there yeah. is is incredibly important. Yeah, and we need we need people like you out there, you know, do you know, show showing what's really going on. It's it's a big big problem right now. 
I, I do want to make you definitely a regular on the show. Let's let's get you on every week and let's talk a lot of, about a lot of different stuff. I do got to close out awesome. the show right awesome. now though. But yeah, but please tell everybody where they can connect with you. All that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So main website is www.themorningwatchmsu.com. That's the publication website. We also have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook that will be found at the same, you know, The Morning Watch, MSU. You type that in, it will come up. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on social media, just Sergey Kelly. Um, but, yeah, make sure, you know, hit the, go to The Morning Watch website, subscribe. You'll get content weekly. We also send out emails. So just, you know, main thing is that website, themorningwatchmsu.com. Perfect, perfect, man. Well, I love everything you're doing, and uh, we'll definitely uh, make you a regular, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Sam. Sam Sam Tully, go ahead. Well, Roy, it was a good show. Uh, like I said, we just got to keep diligent and keep everything up front and uh, get educational system back under control. That's why I'm an advocate of vouchers. Uh, more than anything, so people can know what to do with their kids. Uh, you can reach me at Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, on Facebook or on YouTube. I look forward to the next time, Roy. Absolutely. Sam, did you have any other thoughts? Well, just uh, like I said, the, the main thing is we have to keep, we have to get control of the educational system so we can control what our kids are being fed because yeah. These people, they're so they believe. Uh, when I'm talking about the liberal, LGBTQ, and all this crazy stuff, folks. Since we've lost the moral foundation of this nation, or the majority of people, they believe has is abandoned it. You know, when they took God out yeah. of school in 1962, we just need to to reverse the trend. That's what we need to do. That's yeah. the main thing, and, and Christians need to stand up. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, we'll we'll talk right. to you soon. Thanks, Sam. Always a pleasure. Yeah, um, let's go to Dr. Henning. Dr. Henning, go ahead. Well, I tell you what, there is a calming theme tonight, and it's about uh, one thing I've been saying on my campaign from the very beginning is we need to make America godly again. Uh, you know, it's all about faith, family, and freedom. Um, that's what my campaign's about is uh, bringing faith back into our educational system, uh, bringing our families back together because that's the very bedrock of our society, and then fighting for freedom in America and making sure we stay free. Um, people can reach me um, at drdhennon on uh, Twitter. On Facebook, you can look me up with uh, just my name, Dwayne Hennon, D-U-A-N-E-H-E-N-N-E-N. Uh, and my website is Hennon. H-E-N-N, the number four, Ohio2020.com. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Uh, Dr. Hennon, big fan of yours, and uh, we'll definitely talk soon. Okay. I appreciate it, Rory. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, let's go to uh, Michael Balsey. I'll, I'll give you the, 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 the last uh, thoughts and honors. Go ahead. Michael Balsey, are you there? Michael Balsey. Hello, Michael Balsey. Yep, yep oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, go okay. ahead. 
Yeah, great show tonight, Roy. Wonderful guests, uh, great candidates. Uh, I was uh, interested in kind of listening closely about the law of Florida Long Beach because I think we're going to hear some interesting things that are going to come out about that. I think we already heard a roundabout way that uh, the Chinese were heavily involved with some trafficking, maybe human trafficking, drug trafficking, and other things. All kinds of nefarious things going on there, so I'm looking for that to be exposed pretty quickly. The other thing I wanted to bring up just in closing is the fact that, you know, it's a good time for some of these candidates, uh, for people to come out of the woodwork and start running for some of these offices. Because I think as, you know, you saw the IG come out today, you're going to see the Durham report come out, you're going to see the Hubert report come out, and I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of high-level, high-profile people in, implicated. And Americans are going to look uh, very closely at that. They're going to think twice about reelecting some of these establishment candidates. And I really think it's a good time to get some new young people with uh, some innovative thoughts uh, that want to do the right thing, not only for our country, but for our faith as well. And uh, so I think it's a promising future. So uh, I want to encourage them all to hang in there and keep up the good fight. And thanks for having me. You can reach me at Michael Volsi at, on Twitter. That's V as in Victor, A-L-S-I. And talk to you soon, Roy. Thank you. Absolutely, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Everybody, it's been a real honor uh, being with you guys tonight. Uh, I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my guests, and sponsors. Uh, the show just keeps getting better and better. Uh, so many uh, amazing things established and addressed tonight. Uh, great talking points. Uh, and, you know, every, everybody was right on par. Uh, amazing chemistry, as always. Uh, another big show planned for tomorrow night. Uh, stay tuned for announcements and uh, various things that I will be talking about. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as always, you can visit my media site. Uh, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, U-S-A, dot com. Also, uh, you can visit uh, my, um, you, can vi you can visit my show on, on nearly 70 online platforms all over the internet. You can look at it everywhere, listen to it in 25 different countries. Um, like, you know what, guys? Um, the, the future uh, in the new year, uh, we're going to have, you know, different layouts with the show and, I'll be talking about that, and, and it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. Not much difference, but there's going to be some different uh, things uh, reassigned. But uh, you know, we will we will talk about that when the time comes. Uh, but uh, guys, uh, another night, another episode of the Rory Sodder Show, 225. Uh, God bless you all. I will see you all tomorrow night. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. Much love, everybody. Cheers.